My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Heroes for Her. My guest today is Melanie Mudge. Melanie is originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and she currently lives in Rapid City, South Dakota with her husband, Josh, and their two dogs, Diesel and Denali. Great names. After graduating (laughs) from the University of New Mexico, she made her way to Manitou Springs, Colorado to be on summer staff with Summit Ministries. And it was through that experience that she got connected with AXIS, which if you don't know it, Everybody listening, it is an incredible organization that works to resource parents and faith leaders to disciple and create legacies of lasting faith for kids. She is also the editor of the Culture Translator Weekly Email, the writer and editor of Parent Guides, and I am so, so excited to welcome her onto the show today. Melanie, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So as I'm prepping for this interview, you know, I'm over on AXIS website and I'm trying to find out more about you. It said, I mean, I love the fun facts that are listed there. It says you love cooking paleo, which I mean, I could not cook, like I could not know how to cook less. And you're on Pinterest <laughs> with all these craft goals. I'm like, okay, I feel like we're going to be friends. And then, and, and the, the last one that's listed there, I love so much. It says that someday you hope to beat your mom at tennis. Is she just like an all-time tennis pro? Oh man. Well, she's just, she loves it so much and she plays so much. So, and she's super steady. So I'm like, I'm going to hit it so hard and I'm going to get it and then make mistakes. And she's just like, I'll get everything back and I'm going to beat you. And it's so frustrating and yet it's so fun at the same time. So it's so irritating, but at the same time, it's like, okay, as someone who practices all the time and time and understands, like I'm more at you where I would get in there and be like, how hard can I hit it? And I won't hit the court at all. (laughs) Well, yeah, ex- but it, it's a good camaraderie between the two of us. And we play together a lot, too, as, as doubles partners. So that's even more fun. Oh, that's so fun. Um, and I'm so excited to dive into what we have to talk about today. And uh, I mean, obviously, I'm very familiar with AXIS and the Culture Translator and what some of these resources are, because I've recommended it to about a zillion parents and teachers that I know. But for those listening who aren't familiar, Melanie, will you just give us some insight into both? So what is AXIS? What is its mission? And how does the culture translator fit in and what sort of what sort of things do they do as sort of a 30,000 foot view? Oh, great questions. So AXIS is a nonprofit that's focused on helping parents and teachers and faith leaders connect with the next generation and have transformative conversations about things that matter. So we're trying to focus on um, things like homosexuality and abortion and social media and smartphones and how these things are affecting teens and trying to figure out what questions are they asking or what things are they wrestling through that the church and Christian parents either just don't know how to address or are just like, wait, my kid's struggling with that? I, did, I wouldn't even know. Um, so we're trying to help bridge that gap so that parents can have those conversations and so that teachers can, um, so that schools can do it um, like for chapel weeks or chapels and spiritual emphasis weeks or so that parent uh, pastors and youth pastors can also address these with teens as well. And not just in a social media is bad, get off of it kind of way, but like let's acknowledge the good things that social media does. And then let's also talk about 
the effects it's having on you that you may not want to acknowledge or that you don't realize it's having on you? And how can we actually use this thing with wisdom rather than just be fear mongers about it? So, and then the culture translator is our weekly email that's free. And um, it's just a quick read that addresses here are three things that are happening this week in teens world, three things that might be affecting them or something that you as a parent or a teacher or a faith leader should know about. Um, and, we try to offer conversation questions or different ways to think about it. Um, and then we also usually will have some sort of list or some sort of article at the bottom, just addressing some deeper topic. And it's, it's always supposed to be a quick read, but one that helps keep you up to date as to what's happening. So, you know, what's the next social media app that's coming out um, that teens are all about or, how can I talk to my kids about um, gender identity and what is the world saying about that to them and why are they believing this thing versus the thing that I've been teaching them, that kind of stuff. So we really try to come at it in a loving way, but also in a let's not have um, these condemning conversations, but let's have conversations that build up and offer something more and, and, and point kids toward the truth rather than spoon feeding them the truth. See, and I love that too, because you, so you've got this one element of like, okay, is my child on social media or not? How old are they? Like all of these different factors play into the types of conversations you're going to have with them anyways. And it makes sense. Cause like, even if your child does not have a telephone or is not like directly connected to social media, these conversations are happening at school and with their friends, regardless of if they have a phone or not. So that, I don't know. The part of the conversation that makes a lot of sense for me is it's across the board helpful for parents to be able to stand in between culture and kids and just like help their kids try to make sense of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's a great way of putting it. It's definitely rather than saying, oh, culture is scary. Let's run away from it. Or well, my kids are going to be into it, so there's nothing I can really do about it. We're saying, actually, we can prepare our kids for what's coming at them before they're already entrenched in it. And in that way, they can be more wise about how they approach these things when it is time for them to deal with it. So we can start talking with our five-year-olds about the internet and social media and privacy and all those kinds of things before they, long before they get a phone. But then when they hit that age of 12, 13, when they start really begging for a phone, if they don't have one yet, then they're ready to deal with what they might find um, on social media or on the internet, rather than just like totally flabbergasted by what they see. And then so ashamed maybe of what they have gotten themselves into that they don't want to talk to mom and dad, Mm. or don't want to talk to their teachers or their youth pastors. But instead, we're preparing them ahead of time and saying, culture can be both good and bad, but we live in it. There's no getting away from that. So how do we live in it well? And how do we teach our kids to do the same and prepare them rather than try to shelter them or just say, whatever, my kid's just going to do what they do and there's nothing I can do about it. Definitely. Now, so you've been working for Access for like almost the last eight years and you started off as an intern. You worked a semester before you took a full-time position. When you joined the team, like what did those, what did that early time look like for you just getting involved and understanding, okay, this is what Access does. Like how were those, how was that early season for you? Uh, it was, 
It was definitely a formative one um, because I, I kind of fell into Axis. I, I had heard about it, but I knew it was all public speaking and traveling and um, being in front of students. And I did not want to do that at all. I was like, nope, I'm a behind the scenes kind of person. Like, maybe I'll just see if they can give me a different internship. And my boss, who's great, um, basically ignored that question. And then at the end of all the interviews and stuff, he's like, we want to hire you and you're going to do the public speaking and you're going to like it and we're going to teach you how to do it well. And it was, it was just like, wait, what? Were you just mortified or were you like, no, you're confused? (laughs) Um, I, I was just, I think I was more just like, okay, well I have a job now because I had just graduated college and so I was, I didn't know what I was going to do. And it's like, well, it's a job that matters. I'm not just, you know, going and doing some, you know, minimum wage job that I didn't really want to do. Like I'm doing something that has purpose, but what, you know, I, I really just hated public speaking. Um, but it was a really great semester. I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about believing in myself as well as what I believed in general, as far as about God and about people and about the world. And it's funny because it's like, I was up there teaching students as part of a team. And yet really, I think I was the one who was learning the most (laughs) because the more you teach something, the more you're like, Oh, is this what I believe? And am I sure that, that that's how I'm living my life out? Or am I getting up here and teaching something that I don't know that I believe or that I say I believe, but I'm not following. So it was, it was definitely quite the semester for me. That's awesome. What did you notice about, so you're, you're out speaking and you're sort of, you know, you're, you're offering information in a very public way and it wasn't something you were expecting. Like, what did you notice about your interactions with students that is memorable, maybe as a highlight? Like, what did you notice in not just the delivery of the information, but how you got to relate with students and, and kind of come alongside them from a relational standpoint? What did you notice? Oh, that's a good question. I think the biggest thing I noticed was that they want to connect. They want to be friends. They want to um, build relationships with people. Uh, But often they don't, it doesn't happen for them because either their parents are so busy parenting that it's easy to forget hey, I should just sit down and talk with my kids. Or um, the teachers are just so busy teaching their their curriculum that, that it's hard to build personal relationships. Um, and then also, I think, too, for me, I was only like 23 at the time, I think, um, maybe 22, somewhere around there. And I was a safe place for them. So a lot of times teachers and parents can just seem scary like oh they're gonna they're gonna be mad at me or they're gonna punish me if they find out I've done this thing but having someone who was just a little bit older than them all of a sudden they were like so ready to talk and ask questions and be real and they weren't afraid to say like well actually I've already done x y and z to me and so then as as a 22 year old I'm like oh what do I do with this information um how do I how do I not only mentor them in the short amount of time I have with them, but then how do I encourage them to start building those relationships with their parents and their teachers as well, or find someone else who's in their community 
who can be around them all the time, who's a little bit older than them, but that would give them good advice rather than just going online to try to get advice from people who probably don't have their best interests at heart. So it was, I guess I would say I noticed that they want to connect, but they, there was a lot of fear of being judged or misunderstood. Um, so that's why they would come to me as opposed to going to their teachers or their parents. Definitely. I, um, I'm wondering too, so, you know, you're learning so much from them, but just also from the Lord too. And as he's kind of, you know, showing you this, this opportunity that you weren't really expecting. So you're working in this season. How did what you were learning professionally impact you on a personal level? Did it, did it, I mean, guide your faith journey in every way? At what point did you meet your husband? Like, what about your your personal life was affected or worked in conjunction with what you were learning about yourself and how you were growing professionally? Oh, man. Well, I feel like God has worked in my life in seasons where, like, even in school, I would have semesters where one class would all of a sudden teach me something, and then every other class somehow would teach me that same thing, even though the classes were totally unrelated and that's not really the point of the class. Somehow I'd learn this thing about myself and then all these other classes would uh, reiterate that for me. And I felt like that was the same during my time as an intern with Axis because um, just before I started, while I was at Summit working on summer staff, I was talking to my mom and I was like, I just graduated. Once summer's over, I don't know what to do. Could you please pray that God would either bring me a man or bring me a job or something so that I know where to go next. And then Axis fell into my lap. And then through Axis is actually how I connected with my husband. So I met him at Summit, but then we just so happened to travel to Salt Lake City where he was going to school at the time. And I was like, oh, I know someone there. I'll hang out with him. And that started the whole thing. Um, So I think a huge part of what I was learning that semester was to really trust God because it would have been really easy to take it all into my own hands and just say, well, I'm going to take a different job because it's more comfortable for me. Or um, like with my husband, some, there were just little things that really showed me I need to let go and let this happen in God's timing and not in my timing, not try to force him to have conversations with me before we're ready for them or force the relationship to go faster than it's supposed to go. Um, and it was just very much, or even like speaking in front of students terrified me. And I would, I would be like about to pass out every time. And yet then we'd get going and I'd forget about it all. And it was like, God just spoke through me and it was like, you cannot trust yourself. You have to trust me. You have to let me do my thing. And and not try to control everything. So that was a huge part of what I was learning during that time. Um, and, and there were other things going on with the internship because we travel as a team. And so learning things about myself, how I try to control people around me or how um, in relationship I tend to be too overbearing and learning to let these people be who they are, even though it's frustrating for me. Um, <laughs> there were just a bunch of things that semester was like, Ooh, okay, God, I don't know that I can handle all this all at once. And yet at the end, I was much better for it and I could handle it. It just, when I think about it on my own strength, 
yeah, no way. <laughs> um, God, God was so faithful during that semester and totally forced me out of my comfort zone in so many ways. And it was, it was really a good time for me. I don't know though. You could ask my boss and he might be like, well, <laughs> I would say different <laughs> things. <Yeah. laughs> Who knows? Who knows? You might see that semester is totally different. Well, he, I mean, they it clearly worked out, you know, so you did the interning for a semester and then you took your full-time position. And I know you, I mean, that's kind of changed and ebbed and flowed as the years have gone on. So can you kind of walk us through like after the interning, what were your new responsibilities? And like, I mean, there was a lot of like shift changes and, and, you know, like into a new role and just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So taking that semester or taking that job after the semester was, it was definitely a leap of faith. Even, um, people that I really trusted were like, Oh, I give you six months because it was a fundraising position. Um, and it's a nonprofit. So there's no money to be made in it. Um, and, people I trusted said, you're not like, it's not going to last. And here I am almost eight years later. So it, it was very much a God thing. But as I started my position, I was supposed to be kind of a assistant team director. So continue to travel, but aid the team director. And then I got engaged. And so it was like, well, she's not going to travel anymore. She's about to be a newlywed. So then my position changed again. And I did a lot of, um, kind of curriculum up, updates and maintenance, c- keeping all of our, our presentations that we do for students up to date and with the current info about social media or technology or songs or whatever. Um, and then more recently, uh, I had a sabbatical because I was kind of feeling burnt out. And uh, Access is based in Colorado Springs, but I live in Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. I don't know where that came from. Um, I live in Rapid City, South Dakota. So uh, it's, I work from home and I often feel disconnected in ways, um, just because of the nature of working from home. So I kind of had this sabbatical and really just said, Lord, what do you have for me? Is this a time for me to move on or is there just a different role I need to take with an axis? And that's how, um, I really got into doing more writing and editing. And I'd already been doing the culture translator up until that point, but it really became like, this is your focus now and you can spend more time on it and actually put some effort and heart and soul into it rather than just kind of doing it as a last minute thing. So yeah, my position has changed a lot and um, it's always been interesting because I've never fully been qualified for any of the things that I've done. Uh, but yet God has provided not only training, but the patience on other people to train me in the things I've done and, or to to trust me to try new things, which has been really awesome. No, it's super cool. I, um, and, and even when you, you talked about it a second ago, but just how much work and time and effort go into keeping it updated because you think about things like pop culture and technology and media are constantly not shifting, but changing and expanding and new things are introduced just at such a rapid pace. So what, I mean, what goes into the research and the comp and the compiling of all of this information to make it really easy to understand and accessible for parents? Ooh, that's a good question. Honestly, our whole team. So we have about, I don't know, probably 20 to 25 people right now at Axis and everybody is involved in researching some facet of culture and posting ideas for things we could talk about each week. 
So that, I mean, that requires time on all of their parts. Um, and then from there, the few of us who write the culture translator go through and try to mine out, okay, what's the most important this week? But then also, what do we say about it? Because sometimes it's like, well, I know that this is important, but I'm not sure what to say that's different that a parent couldn't find somewhere else. So what's the thing that we're going to offer them that they wouldn't find anywhere else? And how do we write it succinctly? Because we're trying to make it little snippets rather than huge long articles. And how do we um, say it in a way that is loving and kind and invites more people into the conversation rather than shuts them off? Um, so that all of that just takes a lot of time each week. But somehow, I don't know how, we managed to make it happen. <laughs> um, I would say it's it's a it's a huge effort on everybody's part, but it's worth it because like you said, parents are so busy and they have so many other things to think about with culture. I mean, before I started with Axis, I had walked away from the Lord for a while, then came back. And after I came back, I, I really like took a huge break from pop culture. And when I started with Axis, I didn't even know we were doing a song talking about a song by Katy Perry, and I didn't even know who she was. And as I started learning more and more about what was happening in pop, pop culture, I was like, man, ignorance is bliss. It would be so much easier if I didn't have to know about I could this just stuff. pretend that none of this is happening, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, I, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with it. So, like, forget Katy Perry or, you know, like, I, it was so much easier to not know about it, but... As time has gone on, I've realized the more I know, the more formative conversations I can have with my friends or with um, my family members or even now with my nieces and nephews. And, um, and I, can, I can show them like, yeah, I know all about it and I'm not scared of it, but I also think deeply about it. I don't just consume it and just let it affect me. I think, hey, what is it trying to tell me? And what what are the emotional response it's trying to get out of me, or what what is it trying to push me toward, or what, is this an advertisement without looking like an advertisement? Trying to think about it deeply, um, and I can see why parents have a hard time because it's it, like teen culture is so different; it's vastly different, even from my culture. And I'm in my 30s, so I can imagine as a parent, it's like, what what is this? But that's why it's so important to us to do it so that we can help and so that we can slowly bring parents back into that world in a way that helps them have those conversations with their students, not alienate them from their students further. I, I can't even tell you as a teacher, I, I mean, I taught middle school and high school mostly for about 10 years. And I, so many of the conversations I had with parents, they would tell me things like, it's like my son or daughter is speaking a different language. And so I feel like when I'm thinking through the culture translator and what it offers and that it's helping parents get these insights into things to, to not only talk about them, but to, to view them as a family through the lens of faith, not in a judgmental way, but in, in a way that can help them wade through the complexities of the issues that they're dealing with that are in their day to day. And to actually create some meaningful moments with families, with parents to influence kids positively, I, like that's what sticks out to me because I've had so many conversations with parents going, gosh, it's literally, it's like, it's Greek. You know, might, they might as well be speaking Greek in terms of what, <laughs> what they're speaking about, the social is- issues, you know, current events that come up. And it's so hard as a parent to, to keep track 
and keep organized and to find ways to, to be relevant in their kids' lives. So I love getting to talk to you about it because I'm excited and I appreciate the amount of work I know goes into it. Yeah, well, it, there's actually a show on Netflix right now um, called Everything Sucks, and it's kind of about growing up in the 90s, so right at the beginning of the internet age, and there's a scene in there where a principal is talking to a teacher, and the teacher's also a mom, and she's saying, I feel like my kid's doing okay, and the principal's kind of giving her this look like, well, you don't know what he just did, and then she mentions, like, I feel like I'm speaking a different language, and this is in the 90s, um, and they mention some things like all that and a bag of chips and uh, slang that doesn't even matter to us today. And then, then you think about, well, not only is there teen culture through TV and radio and music, things that have always been there, at least for the last 50 years, 60 years, um, but now we have the internet and social media, which just makes things spread even faster. And, and we're not on it as much as they are. So then it's like, how do you even keep track? How? <laughs> and how do you, like, emojis? What? We, what's the difference between emojis and emoticons? I don't even know. And yet, if I say emoticon, my kids laugh at me. So, you know, like, all <laughs> that stuff. It's like, we want to try to help so that you as a parent aren't, aren't trying to be a teenager, but you get it, and you can help your teens navigate that world. Well, at Bible Bells, we love access and we love the culture translator. And I'm just excited that we got to talk to you for a few minutes and just learn a little bit about you, the work that you do, and, and why these resources are so important for parents and the other people who want to champion the next generation. So thank you so much for being here and just sharing your heart and a lot of like practical things that we can expect from access and the culture translator. I know, I know it's going to bless a lot of parents who are listening. So thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to hearing more episodes of Heroes for Her. I'm new to it, but I have really appreciated the episodes I have listened to. So Awesome. Well, we end each episode with something called The Scoop. It's three rapid-fire questions. No pressure, though. Are you ready? Ooh, okay. I'll try. Okay, <laughs> question one. Obviously, this podcast is called Heroes for Her. We love heroes. When you were a little girl, who was your hero? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not sure I had anybody that I looked up to specifically as like, that's my hero. But I do know that I tried to mimic everything my older sister did. Um, if she said she was going to be a veterinarian, then I was going to be one too. And neither of us ended up doing that. But I would say I still, she's still one of my heroes. And so is my younger sister now. Just they're, they're awesome women. And I learn a lot from them every day. So Second question, if, oh, second question, what is a piece of advice that you've received that has impacted your life in a powerful way? Oh, man. Um, trying to think. Actually, I read this in an Elizabeth Elliot book called Keep a Quiet Heart, and it has really made a difference for me in my line of work. And she said in there, or maybe she was quoting someone in there, I'm not sure, but she said, for every one look we take at ourselves, we have to take 10 looks at Christ in order to stay balanced and not become self-focused or not just start thinking of all the terrible things we do and how horrible we are. 
we have to really balance it out in that way, which sounds funny because it's one, one to 10 ratio, but I think it's just so easy to become consumed by self that we have to look to Christ more than we look at ourselves. And I think it's the same for culture too. For every one look we take at culture, we have to take 10 looks at Christ or it's easy to become consumed or just think it's the worst thing ever and we need to go to war against it. Amen. Last question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, man. I don't know. It would either be that I could fly or that I never needed sleep so I could just get stuff done. (laughs) Or beating your mom at tennis. (laughs) <laughs> oh that, yeah that's my number one for you sure you only get one <laughs> no that's good oh shoot i want them all <laughs> melanie thank you so much for being here it has been just a joy and an honor to um to hear from you today so thank you thank you so much thank you for listening to this week's episode if you enjoyed our conversation please be sure to rate and review us on itunes If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode, or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at BibleBells.com.